left, okay? Amen. I'm not going to have, I don't have a message this morning. I just simply want to just say a couple words this morning. And as God has allowed the circumstances of our life to sift us, surrender to him, make peace with God. Say, uncle, some of us, we have continued to fight against the very thing that God has placed in our lives as the thing that will bring us to our destiny. As Debbie's story you would say, this looks, how can anybody find any glory or anything, any peace in this? And yet it's the very story where she embraced that pain that brought her into the place of destiny. We sing this song in the past. We sing, I surrender all. We really should say, I surrender some. I'll surrender as much as I'm comfortable with. As much as I can bear at this moment, because you understand, you know, this is what we always, you know where I'm at, God. I'm just not quite there yet. How many of us have said that? We probably said that going into this weekend. We sing a song, you can have it all, Lord. There's a line in there. It says, oh, the peace that comes when I'm broken and undone. It's by your unfailing grace that I can lift my voice and say, you can have it all, Lord. Surrender aggressively and deliberately, as opposed to passively, casually, selectively, and hesitantly. Do you trust Him with everything in your life? Do you trust Him with your very existence? Do you trust Him with your kids? Do you trust Him with your, your job? Do you trust Him with everything you have? Brian Johnson, I was just listening to his testimony the last couple weeks, and he said this, Consider it a gift when God is the only answer you have. Otherwise, nothing would happen. In the pain is where you begin to feel. This is where God becomes real. It's okay to feel. It's okay to hurt when someone has hurt you. It's okay to be hurt. It's okay to feel that pain. So many times we want to stuff it down and just, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to feel this. It's okay to feel pain. It's okay because that's when we begin to feel and that's when we begin to reach out to God. It's in this place where God is near. When I consistently come to Him, He is the only answer. This pain, this difficulty shouldn't be covered up, pushed down, or told to man up. It's in this place that we would come to God and He would say, I'll walk this out with you. Connie and I, we've talked about this testimony of our life. It's in this place where she was on her deathbed and I would have to place her in a patrol car in the back seat and hide her out and, and drive up and down these mountains. You didn't know when you saw me driving by, even over to Hot Springs at times. You didn't know what was going on because I was trying to keep her alive. But it is in this place where I felt like I was on an island, where it was just me and him that I began to pursue him so aggressively. So passionately, so differently. It's in this place, and David said in 1 Samuel 36, that David encouraged himself in the Lord. His family was taken, and everything was distant from him. He, he was, his people was even, he was even being uh, thought to be stoned by his own men. Ministry will start in this secret place. It's sought, taught, and caught in the secret place. God wants to get you alone. He wants you to get into a cave all by yourself. He wants you to get into a place where it's just you and Him. And it will happen at the most inopportune time in your life. You'll say, God, I can do it right down here. And God says, I want to do it right here where you're at. 
It's sought because I seek him in the secret place and I'll find him, he says. It's taught because there are things that God only tells us to the closest of his friends in the closet when we get alone with him. And it is caught because it is in this place of desperation that I can finally reach out because he is my only answer. I have no other solution. Counseling won't work. This won't work. Everything, I have to give it all to him. It's after this sifting began that Peter, when he denied Jesus, what do we find him doing? Remember last week I talked about the sifting process. The first thing he finds himself doing, he goes back, he goes back to fishing. And Jesus finds him there doing what he thinks that he's supposed to be doing again. And Jesus says, do you love me? Remember he denied him three times and Jesus says it again, do you love me, Peter? He says it a third time. Now Peter's going to irritate it. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. See, it's when I embrace that pain, when I engage that place that I want to make off limits, it's when I dip into that place where the pain is going to hurt me, it's going it's to hurt people around me, I'm not going to be able to do this, God. You know I can't do this. And he says, I know. That's why I'm here to do it with you. Considered a gift when God is your only option. He's not impressed with your gifts and talents. He gave them to you. He knows about them. Don't rely on them. Offload everything in the secret place with Him. Live with eternity in mind, not the circumstance. This is where we can get to the place where we're not moved by what we see around us. Many times we cling to the illusion of strength, the illusion of our faith even. It's okay if all I have is Him and I'm broken and undone. There's a story, there's a song, excuse me, Carrie, Ward, Carrie Underwood sings, Jesus, Take the Wheel. And I was thinking about that in alignment with what I was going to say just through these brief moments this morning. And so many times, we're in the front seat with Jesus. Here I am. I'm driving along. And we're, we're in this car with, with the Lord. And, and most of the time, He's in the passenger seat. And I'm driving and I get so fed up because I've done it my way. I'm telling her, uh, you know, here's, I'm, I, I've got the wheel and I finally throw up my hands. Jesus, take the wheel. That's kind of what this song says. And then we go, okay, Jesus. And he takes the wheel, but I'm still in the driver's seat. It reminds me of something that happened just recently when I was helping some people drive. And it reminded me of my academy days. That I would get in a car and I would drive around the track in Sacramento at over 100 miles an hour. I was very comfortable as long as I was in the driver's seat. But see, when I went to the, after I left the academy, I went to South Central LA. A place that was not comfortable. A place that I had to go and fight and, and, and approach my fears because I'm going to tell you right now, there is something fearful down there when, in those days. It was like guerrilla warfare at times. And at times, I remember at, there, there's a part in my life where I was training new officers. And there was something I had to do was all of a sudden I had to get in a patrol car with a man or a woman and let them drive at 100 miles an hour. And I couldn't be steering anymore. I had to be here. A place that I'm not comfortable with. I want to be in control, like Katie said. I'm not comfortable being back here. 
I'm not comfortable with Jesus driving. That's the problem. He wants to drive, but so many times in our life, we jump right back in the seat, and then we go, oh, Lord, I've got, I've had enough. And we throw up our hands again, and he's like, all right, he takes the wheel for us for a moment. But, but again, we grab the, road, the steering wheel again. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about today. Because you've refused to, you know, that in pain that comes forward, we want to push it aside. We do everything we can. We use alcohol, drugs. We use situations. We use TV. We use everything in our lives. And, and some of these things aren't even sinful things, but they become sinful because they get in the way of what God wants to do in our lives. You can't come into your destiny until you face your pain. All the pain, remember this, this sifting process that I talked about last week, all is designed to bring us into our destiny. God says, listen, I won't waste anything that you, you do in your life. I won't even waste what the enemy tries to do to destroy you. I don't even waste those circumstances because I will use it for your benefit. So this morning I ask you, you don't have to face it alone. His grace is there to sustain you. There is no way in the world where Debbie could face her very, probably the biggest fear of her life to go and, and, and confront the man and be an encounter with this man who had killed her, her niece. There's no way you can do that without God's grace. What I want you to know this this morning, he says, I'll give it to you. I will give you my grace. I will be enough if you will just let me. Will you not just throw up your hands and then grab the wheel again? Will you finally say, Lord, I'm ready to get in your car, on your bus, and I'm ready to ride where you want to take me to fully surrender?